Before his rise to fame, Drake idolized Kanye West and looked up to him more than any other prominent rap artist. In fact, Drake got to collaborate with his idol very early in his career on Find Your Love, a standout track produced by Kanye as part of Drake's debut studio album, Thank Me Later. Fast forward to 2018, and things took a full 180 when Drake and Kanye began an intense feud that still continues to this day. Sit back and listen as we break it down for you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Hip Hop Hype Hour. Nikhil and Lucas here. Um, Yo, you smell yeah. that? You smell what's cooking? No, beef, I don't. Bro, <laughs> beef, rap beef. Yep, that's what we're talking about today, rap beef. Um, more specifically with Kanye and Drake, because I think if you look at all of the recent rap beefs that we've had, and there's been a lot, you know, rappers are always beefing oh, with each yeah. other. Oh, but yeah. Drake and Kanye specifically, it's been like a multi year ongoing feud. Um, and I think it'll be really interesting to get into that, especially because we have very di uh, contrasting opinions on that. Yeah, we um, have our own beef, me and you. Right. But before yeah. we get into that, um, just wanted to talk about a few things here and there. Uh, Lucas, I know you got your vaccine yesterday, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, my arm feels really feel good. Like... I got the Pfizer, so my, I'm not like uh, sore in my arm. I've heard Moderna has okay. a really bad like sore arm side effect. So yeah. not me, though. You know, I was pretty good. It's better than the flu shot. The flu shot hurt more mm -hmm. than the my Pfizer did. Right. So I got Pfizer too. I actually got my second dose two days ago and oh. it's pretty weird. So the first dose, my arm actually did hurt. I would say probably like, and it was more immediately after the shot, right? Like for the, basically until the end of the day, I had a sore arm and the next day it was okay. But the second dose was very interesting. So I didn't feel anything um, immediately after the shot. Um, but like right before I went to bed later at night, like it really started to hurt. Like I could really mm. feel it a lot. And then when I woke up, like I felt lightheaded, like my head was hurting and like, I just okay. had a general lack of energy throughout the day yesterday, which is pretty common. I think I definitely still had it milder than a lot of people do after the second vaccine dose. Yeah. But I'm good now, like fully energetic. Like I think, you know, I'm, I'm fully good now. So that's, yeah, that's I've heard the second one because your immune system is like more primed from the first one. So I've heard that that one tends to be like worse right. side effects because right. you, you know, you're primed, you're ready to go. You're ready to fight that. Exactly. Fight that COVID. And to everyone listening, if you haven't gotten your vaccine yet, go get your vaccine. Best thing. It's you open can in do the state of Texas. Us. Yeah. Yep. Best thing you can do to help us get to back where we were about a year ago. Um, all right. I also wanted to talk about a couple of updates with the podcast. So we, what we're gonna do, and we kind of had this idea a few days ago. We were discussing it. So we'll still try to push out an episode every week. You know, last week we decided to take off because it was Easter and people were, you know. Um, celebrating Easter and spending time with their families. So we decided, all right, we'll just not do an episode this week and resume the following week, which is now. Um, but what we're going to do is uh, every other week, we'll have like these general topics that kind of we've been talking about. You know, we talked about the Grammys last time. We talked about 2020's best albums. And like today, we're about to jump into the Kanye and Drake feud, which are like general hip hop and R&B topics, pretty standard. But what we'll do um, in the other weeks here every other week we'll do an artist spotlight so like every two weeks we'll have an episode where we'll hone in on a specific artist kind of go through their career um discuss and debate kind of what their highlights have been what their weak points have been give a general kind of biography of the entire artist and their discography mm -hmm. and then kind of see like what are our predictions for what they're going to do in the future so we'll have our first artist spotlight probably here next week not going to reveal who the artist is going to be until we get there obviously but 
I think I'm really looking forward to those. I think those are going to oh, yeah. be some of I'm my excited. favorite episodes to record. So definitely tune in for those. Um, and one more thing before we jump into our topic for today. There's been a lot going on, I think, in rap music lately. Um, definitely want to say, first of all, rest in peace to DMX. You know, that was pretty mm-hmm. tragic to hear about that happening. Definitely more of an old school rapper, kind of in the late 90s, early 2000s is when he was really prominent, but super influential on a lot of of artists today. And I've heard his music being sampled in some of the artists I listened to before. So um, definitely wanted to address that as well. And there's been some music that's been releasing as well. Oh, yeah. Do you listen to Belly? There's an artist by the name of Belly. Have you heard of him? Do you listen to his music at all? Uh, I don't actively listen. I I know okay. what release you're talking about. Like I right. think I've seen I've seen that on Spotify or maybe you sent it to me. But um, I don't actively listen to Belly. No. Yeah, well, he's an artist signed to EXO, so he's Canadian. Um, and I really like his music. I've been listening to him for a number of years, and he just put out two singles. One was featuring Benny the Butcher. Both were great. Oh tracks. yes, yeah, um, yes, you did send it to me. Yes, yeah, and he has an album coming up too. I don't know. I think it might be releasing next week or maybe like very soon here. But I'm definitely looking forward to that. He's a little bit of a lesser known artist, just one artist that I like to listen to. So, looking forward to his uh, some of his music releasing. Maja yeah. Jordan is an R&B artist who signed to OVO. Um, you know, it's it's comprised of two artists as a duo, and they just released a single called Waves of Blue a couple of days ago. Um, and they're another artist, kind of lesser known, but that I'm super interested in and I've been listening to for several years now. So looking forward to whenever they decide to drop their album because it has been a while since they've released anything. And then Brockhampton as well was another release. Yeah, I listened to Brockhampton. Yeah, I, I listened to that one. I, I liked it quite a bit, actually, Yeah, on, on that subject. So I recommend everyone listen to it. The back half is is fantastic. Like the last three or four tracks are all very, very good. Um, so definitely give that a listen if you haven't before. Brockhampton is doing something kind of different, something interesting. Mm-hmm. Some serious subject matter there, definitely worth your time. It's worth the wait. The light is worth the wait. Okay. Yeah, and I, I've i never been the biggest Brockhampton fan. Like, I feel like the music, it, it's just, it doesn't, like, it just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. Like, that's just my personal opinion. I know there's a lot of people who are big fans. It's kind of hit or miss with Brockhampton, right? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, yeah. Just on the miss side of things. I skimmed through a few songs on this album, um, and I didn't hate it. So when I get some time, I'll definitely go back and like listen to it more thoroughly. So maybe give it another listen. Yeah. All right. But with that out of the way, let's get into the topic for today, which is this ongoing feud between mm. Kanye West and Drake. And, you know, as a lot of people know, so if people who are not super up to date on like the politics, I guess, of hip hop and R&B, right, um, they, they won't know really a lot of the parts of the feud other than really what happened in 2018 because that was a big deal like everybody knows that Pusha T and Drake had this really kind of intense and scathing beef going on there that was just a subset of this longer ongoing feud between Drake and Kanye um and it's it's very interesting I guess is how I would describe it like I would say at times it's pretty one-sided like Drake is really the only one who's kind of bringing it up or like taking jabs at Kanye in the music because Kanye doesn't really take jabs at Drake through the music but it's more of the things he does and what he says and the way he carries himself that is kind of what Drake doesn't like and kind of feels like he's using him and not being genuine and kind of manipulating him into 
either bringing down Drake's career to kind of boost up Kanye's career. That's the way I see it, kind of. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Like, where? Yeah, do you I'm on the other end of things. This? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm like a Kanye defender here. Like, I, right. I think that uh, that Kanye was partially responsible for a lot of Drake's success, and as such, yes. like, I think initially he did not want to see Drake uh, fail. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, as this the beef has continued over time, I think that Drake's kind of taken some cheap shots, and and maybe Kanye's done a few cheap shots too, which he's apologized for. But that's besides the point, right? So I think yeah, that definitely it comes down to like the point of are those apologies genuine or not? Because Drake has said numerous times over the years, like Kanye has this thing, like, hey, what's good, my brother? And like, he'll send these sex, like, it's all love, and it's like he'll be saying things like that, but then his actions don't actually line up with what he's saying which is what makes drake kind of feel like okay this guy's not being genuine with me but on the point i don't of what know you man. said about on the point of what you said about um kanye not wanting drake to feel i get a fail i guess let's kind of let's go all the way back to 20 oh yeah for sure let's go all the way back to 2010 we'll work our way up to 2018 and to now where things really started to get heated so 2010 was when that was around the time when Drake really burst onto the scene, right? You know, he released So Far Gone, which was his first uh, commercial mixtape in 2009. Mm -hmm. And then Thank Me Later was his debut studio album that released in 2010. And as a teenager kind of growing up, uh, listening to rap music himself and starting to write, Kanye West was one of his idols. Like he really looked up to Kanye West uh, and Kanye was one of Drake's like favorite, favorite rappers while he was growing up. and it's pretty crazy because 2010, he actually got to collaborate with him because Kanye West produced Find Your Love, which was right. one of the hits off of Thank Me Later in 2010. That And it was one of Drake's like first Billboard like top 10 hits. Like it was, it was a really big hit and kind of really helped him kind of kickstart his trajectory into becoming like one of the biggest artists we know today. That was one of his first really big songs. Um, and the way I see it, after Find Your Love, Kanye started to feel this notion because he was one of the biggest, like he was big at the time. Yeah, he was huge. Kanye was was huge. And this was like around the time that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy released, which like, I think we both- 2011, yeah. One of the greatest albums of the 21st century. We've had this discussion before, right? Um, Right. And after Find Your Love released and Drake really started to kind of just- like he was a, a hit like right out of the gates, right? You know, not a lot of artists have that success right from the beginning, but Drake did. And Kanye kind of started feeling this sense of like, like this guy is like coming for like the throne here. Like he he's on a trajectory <laughs> to the top and it was pretty obvious, but I think Kanye started to feel defensive with that. And he started becoming apprehensive and kind of started doing things to kind of so like, push off Drake and make sure he would maintain his status at the top. You, see, you know what I'm saying? On, on the one hand, like, I understand what you're saying a little bit about, like, sure, I think that Kanye definitely recognized that Drake was on the come up after, like, you know, getting big, right. blowing up, doing really successful. Um, it's like, what like what time period would you say, like, you think he started doing things? You think it was, like, right after Find Your Love and right after that well, mixtape was really say... successful or right after My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? Like... Where's this sitting at? And that was the next point I was going to want to bring up is actually Watch the Throne. So, yeah, um, okay. Watch the Throne is one of the like greatest collab albums that I've ever released. You know, it's Kanye and Jay Z. Like, that's just like the like 
most star-studded duo like of a collab album you're gonna get like forget drake and future forget gun on the baby you know kanye kid cuddy like kanye jay-z like that that was just incredible and it's it's a classic album like there's no debate about that like watch the throne is just a straight classic and Kanye has gotten on stage before and he even said like during concerts, like if it wasn't for the pressure that Drizzy put on me, Watch the Throne would never have happened, right? right. So it's when he says things like that, it's really what makes you question like, okay, this guy is feeling defensive. You know what I mean? And got you, got you. I think, and, and Drake started feeling that because th this is like his idol that he looked up to. And just like with Lil Wayne, who's always been like a mentor to Drake, like they've never kind of, you know, not seen eye to eye. Like it, it's always been, Lil Wayne's always been like the mentor. He wanted that with Kanye from the beginning. And he felt that he was getting that at the beginning. But then when Kanye says things like that, it's like, okay, he's trying to compete with me now. You know what I mean? And that's where I think it started getting a little more tense and the tension was always there and it continued to build up until it kind of just reached a tipping point, which was 2018, right? I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but I also don't see it that way because I think in rap, like th there is something that kind of very appealing about the story of rap, which is like everyone's out to be the greatest MC and you know? everyone's out trying to be number one, trying to be top of the game. And so I don't feel like that necessarily just having pressure from another artist, just having someone else on the come up is like enough reason for this beef to start. Like, I don't think, I think Kanye's felt pressure from so many people, right? Mm -hmm. And I think maybe Drake was like, definitely not the most prominent person ever. I mean, maybe now he is because the beef evolved, but you know what I'm saying? Like, since when he started, I don't think that just the threat of having another rapper come for his spot is enough to cause a beef. Definitely mm -hmm. motivated uh, Watch the Throne, right? Like all right. this new wave of rappers coming out in like the early like 2010s and stuff really coming up. And Drake being chief among them. Definitely yeah. motivated to watch the throne. Like there, there's right. no question about that. Right. But I'm still not seeing where this is starting. Like I, I don't necessarily think Kanye fired the first shot there. I still mm -hmm. think that's all kind of like in good sport in the rap yes. game. Right. And I was actually, I wanted to comment on that. So until 2018, I think everything that they were were doing was in good sport, but I think it was just like Kanye's fear of like this guy overtaking me is what eventually like kind of tipped the scales mm. eventually. Like it was got you. The, the the tension that was there, it was it was a healthy tension, right? It was like good competition. Right. right? It was yeah, exactly. But it was them motivating think, each other. I think Kanye one thing that Kanye did kind of just took it too far and then it went to a point where there was no going back and we'll we'll get to that here in a second but like they still collaborated okay. on music between right. like 2010 to 2018 like um on views the single pop style that released before the album and this actually ties into another point here so it was featuring Jay-Z and Kanye West like Kanye was featured on views but when the and that was on the single so the pop style one mm -hmm. was released as a single kanye was featured on it but not on the album the same song released on an album and drake put his own verse instead of including kanye's in there so people kind of leading the questions like okay what happened there right um nonetheless kanye was still featured on more life in 2017 on glow i believe was one of the songs that was on that album and they were, you know, showed up at concerts together a lot, like one brought out the other on stage, they collaborated, they were friends, they were seeing each other right. in public. So, um, so we're saying up before 2018, it's yes. the level of healthy competition. Yes. Yeah, yes. sure. But and I we're just setting think, the scene. 
I still think in the back of his mind, like Kanye was just a little bit like the fear factor kind of never went away. Like Kanye was always fearful of Drake in that sense. Like, um, and, and it's just that con that contrast in mentality, because if you look at Drake, how there's so many rappers he's kind of brought up, right? Like 21 Savage featured on Sneakin was a really big kind of lift for 21 Savage there. Um, featuring Travis Scott and company in 2015. What's another one? Blockboy JB. <laughs> Just look at him. Like we haven't heard from him in forever, but he was like he was popping in 2018 for a little bit after um, Look Alive, and it's always kind of been in Drake's nature because Lil Wayne kind of brought him up onto the scene. He's kind of felt inclined to help put other artists out there and help them reach popularity, and Kanye has kind of has done that too. But right. But then it turns into like this, like, okay, now I'm defending myself against this guy who I just brought up rather than like continuing to help them out throughout their career. That's at least the way that I've seen it. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's true because I think you can see the Kanye's like kind of, he has like his own entourage too. You know, he was right. producing like 2018, his good music run. Right. He was producing right. with huge names. He was producing, right. he produced an album for Nas and like, right. So I don't think that saying like another rapper being big causes him to stop helping them because yeah. there's there's proof that that's not necessarily the case. But I think I think maybe we're still skipping ahead a, a little maybe. too far. So we're saying they're kind of at this level of tension, but still collaborators, uh -huh. right? And maybe so, maybe I'm just having trouble like fully clearly explaining my thoughts here. But like if you look at good music, right? I feel like Kanye is trying to maybe help people maybe more closer to his circle, right? And Drake's kind of the one who's more like just handing out favors here and there because like 21 Savage is not OVO affiliated, right? Right. But, you know, Kanye, it's kind of like, he's loyal to good music, right? You know, Pusha T, Big Sean, Travis Scott, these guys like who are affiliated in this good music like circle. Um, whereas Drake's kind of more of a free rider and kind of just like linking up with whoever like he might seem fitting at the time and then kind of going and doing his own thing so but you know I, drake's not producing albums for these people right he's he's like featuring them on a song right so yeah, i don't but... know if you could say that he he brings them up by just featuring them like sure that boosts their popularity but i don't think that like a lot of artists do these big feature runs right like uh one of my favorite in recent memory is j cole's feature run after i think it was like oh, 2018 yeah. which ended with right. a lot like he had this huge run where he was featured on like everyone's albums for yeah. a little bit. And so yeah. I, I think that having features is not equivalent to bringing someone up to the level necessarily you're saying. I, I would argue maybe Drake has like a longer history of, of bad nature with other rappers. If you look, I think Drake is probably the rapper with the most beefs out of any rapper I know, right? But why he's is that the case with... though? Is is that just, is it because it's like, because right. he's just be like, he just wants confrontation or is it because he's at the top and people are like, because that's how rap works. It's like, all right, like people are going to go after whoever's at the top of the throne, right? Like, and he's mm. been at the top of the game in terms of popularity for so long, like that invites challenge, right? To some extent, yes, but also he's the common factor, right? Like Drake is the common factor in, in his history right. of beef. I do agree though. He does, he is a little bit of a loose cannon. He throws around <laughs> subliminals. He throws around a lot of subliminals. Like if you really think about it, who right. has he not? Come after, beef, yeah. <laughs> Think about every prominent rapper, even Kendrick Lamar. Like, oh yeah, I was gonna talk like, about that, but yeah. And and you know, 
people will have their opinions. Like some people say it's just part of the culture, right? To like just mm -hmm. like drop someone's like the or name suggest check. Yeah. the, the Yeah. name check, right? Or is it just Drake just, you know, is that just him trying to like start something, you know? Like who knows? Like maybe it's a little bit of both, right? Yeah. Maybe it's a little buff because I don't, Yeah. I mean, definitely taken some calculated beefs in the past. Mm Like I think the Meek yes. Mill, the whole bit, like Drake Meek Mill thing was very calculated on his part. Like he, he Yeah. knew that he kind of had like a, he had something prepared, right? He had Yeah. charged up Charged and up, back to back. he just absolutely slaughtered in, in that Exactly. case. And so I, th I think maybe, maybe in the past has been more calculated. Like maybe he just like, okay, I'm going to boost my popularity through calculatedness. Even Meek Mill said like the, the beef was a net positive for him. Right. And Mhm. Mm they've right. like, now that the two rappers have kind of settled that and moved They've on. settled things and collabed. Yeah. Mhm. Mm So I don't know, like, I guess that'll be an end of the episode discussion, but you know, do you maybe think this is just another like boosting popularity? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say so just because the two are already such big names. It's not like it's going to make them increasingly popular. Like they'll be in the media regardless, you know, Right. like Okay. for some one reason or the other. But anyway, long enough of that. Long story short here is it's it was kind of like there were tensions, but it was like a healthy competition. You know, they still worked with each other. Mm -hmm. They were still on good terms between 2010 and 2018, you know, featuring on each other's songs and, you know, They, they took jabs at each other here and there, but it was all in good nature. But let's get to 2018 here now, because this is really where stuff gets interesting. Oh, yeah. And depending on who you listen to and who you like want to believe, like there's two sides of the story here. Like we'll never, we'll never know what actually happened. You know, I'm just gonna, I'll be speaking from like Drake's perspective. And then if there's anything inconsistent between like, the Kanye side of it, Okay. like you can obviously interject here, but so really it all started in around like April, 2018. So Drake had just recently announced the release date or not the exact release date, but the promo was ramping up for Scorpion. Right. Scorpion was his album that released in June, 2018. So he had put out like the trailer, I guess, and said like Scorpion June, 2018. So that was like his thing. And around the same time, I don't remember if it was before or after he made this announcement, but Kanye actually reached out to him and he just wanted to like link up with Drake and collaborate a little bit. And so he invited Drake to Wyoming, um, which is where he was working on a lot Mm -hmm. of music Right. So at I, the time. I think that happened slightly before the Yeah. like actual promo ramped up. Before the release date, right? So he invites him to Wyoming. And um, like I said, at the time, there was still trust between the two. Like Drake still trusted Kanye. Um, as a person. And so, but Kanye was being very interesting. And I, I want to say like manipulative here in the case, because what, what he said to Drake was, he's like, he gave this whole pitch. And if you've seen um, this TV show on HBO called The Shop with like LeBron James and Maverick Carter, like Right. Drake was, Drake was a guest on The Shop. And this is, this is where, this is the source where I'm pulling from is where kind of, he said these things. So Kanye was basically telling Drake, like, you know, I'm in a good place right now. Like I have a family, like I'm doing really well. And like, I want to start producing for you again. Like I want to make you beats. And like I said something about like, I want to be your Quincy Jones or something like that. It was this like really grand pitch about how he wants to like continue to help Drake. Kind of like what we talked about Right, here a few minutes right. ago. But then Kanye also said, But in order to do that, like you have to be transparent with me and you have to play me your music and you have to tell me like what's going on in your life and like when you're dropping. And even though I know you don't like to do things like that, 
I need you to like be honest with me if I'm gonna like help you out do this stuff for you and Drake got a, like you know Drake was hesitant but he got a genuine vibe because he had always like he had still trusted Kanye this whole time because they had good relations in the past so he said all right like let's go to Wyoming let's see what this is about like it can't hurt right mm -hmm. so his producer and he goes his name's Noah should be because by the name the alias 40 that's his producer name so he went to Wyoming a day early and he hits up Drake and he says, like, you know, this is not what you think it is. Like, these guys are working on an album here. Like, Kanye is working on an album, which he right. was, you know, which yeah, he, was. he was. So, and Drake's like, all right, you know what? Like, you know, that's not out of the blue. It's not totally unexpected. Let's just go and see what's up. So they get over there and they basically start doing what artists do in like a studio session. They start collabing, right? And so Kanye says, I have this beat. It's called Lift Yourself. You can have it if you want. And Drake's like, all right, sure. So Kanye gives him the beat to lift yourself. He starts writing to it, um, starts like, you know, doing a few demos here and there. And, you know, they were just having a lot of genuine conversations at the time. And one of the things that happened while they were there is Drake actually played March 14th for Kanye, which was a song that was going to be on Scorpion, where he was going to reveal to everybody that he does, in fact, have a son like the rumors say that they do. And right. he showed him a picture of his son as well and told him like, I'm having trouble with the son's mother. And like, it's not going that well because like I said, Kanye was showing that being like a trustworthy person, he was coming across that way. So nothing much really happened there. They actually were uh, like, he gave some suggestions for Kanye's album. They wrote a little bit together, which is mm -hmm. the hardest to do. And then Drake leaves Wyoming. Um, and so it's like, all right, we have the beat to lift yourself. Wasn't really, didn't really get much out of it, but at least we have lift yourself. Maybe I can turn this into a single or put it on Scorpion. Like, we'll see what we can do. The day after Drake gets back to Toronto or LA or wherever he went to at the time, all these release dates start coming out. Boom, May 25th, Daytona, Push, push a T. Boom, June 1st, Kanye album. Boom, or June 8th, Kid Cudi album. All good music artists, right? Pusha like the Kanye Cuddy album and then the Kanye album. And right. this is after Drake told Kanye, it's like, all right, I'm probably going to release Scorpion in June, right? So Drake's like, you know, what's going on right now? Like these guys are like, they're, and th that was on purpose. Like the, again, back to like Kanye playing like the defensive role here, not letting kind of Drake take over in this sense, right? All okay, these good music Okay, albums, this is where you lose you know me. What I mean? This okay. is where you lose me. Like sure, those, those album dates are intentional. Mm-hmm. Like they they were like okay we're gonna release here here and here, but I I don't necessarily see how immediately that's like oh Kanye's being a snake like he's releasing mm -hmm. albums around the same time I'm gonna release my album like uh -huh. it's music man <laughs> like but, people but, have but a right to release their album to. when they when they want so there was a reason because I think there's a reason that they all were releasing it around that time so close to Scorpion and here's why and I'll, I'll let me get into that now here so um i think that behind the scenes and you know pusha t had his like diss track right and i'll, I'll touch on that in a, here in a second but basically he revealed to the world that like drake has a child with like someone that he met in europe um and he revealed that before drake wanted the world to know and basically like confirm it's, it's pretty scandalous right for someone that big mm. to like have something like that it was really like really you know it was really not a good look for drake and there was a reason that all these albums released at that time so close to Scorpion because I think Pusha T, after Kanye most likely told him about Drake mm. having a son, mm. I, 
you know, there was a reason he released the album at the time he did, because Infrared, right, was a track on Daytona. And yeah. he he basically straight up like had a Drake diss in Infrared back to the whole ghostwriting thing from 2015. Right? right. One of the lines from the Pusha T track is really like, how could you ever write these wrongs when you don't even write your songs? Right. That a literal like. Yes. Word, yeah, word, yeah, word, yeah, word, yeah. Line from that track. It, so, it was written like Nas, but it came right. from from yeah, Quentin. Right. Right. So so step one right there was kind of irritating Drake by announcing these release dates a day after he just got back from Wyoming right around his album. So he's Drake's already agitated now. Right. And then Pusha T intentionally puts this diss out on infrared over something that's essentially been squashed. You know, this is like three years old now. Right. And obviously people are still going to talk about Drake and the ghostwriting thing. It's one of those things that's never going to leave him. But right. It was kind of like from left field, right? It was just out of nowhere. Like, why is Pusha T of all people coming at Drake, right? Um, but I think it was intentional because Drake thought he was making a calculated response because he released a diss track called Duppy Freestyle, where he essentially like called out Pusha T and said he's like a fake drug dealer and like, you know, this, you know, name dropped his fiance, Virginia Williams in there as right, well. Right, right. I think Drake really miscalculated that because he was already had a lot of anger already just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think Pusha T wanted him to release that because he had the story of Adidon, which was his scathing diss track ready. Right. Right. And so th that's my point here is that everything that was happening with Kanye and Pusha T and good music was very intentional and calculated. Like put these albums out around this time. Okay. This okay. Drake, get him to respond. You know what I mean? Okay, sure. But I think that maybe you're like reading in too much into how calculated Pusha T's diss was. If okay. you look at Pusha T's history of music, he has a long history of dissing Drake and releasing like lines aimed at Drake, right? Mm -hmm. And and around this time, like 2017, 2018, 2016, 2017, 2018, I there were so many artists and albums that were taking like subliminal shots at the Ghostwriter thing because it was one of the funniest uh -huh. things to happen right after 2015. Right. It was one of right. like not the funniest, but you know, one of like the biggest reveals, one of the biggest beefs. It was a big right. meme, right? It was a big deal, and, and so uh -huh. even Kendrick and King Kunta took a shot at Ghost. He said, "Rapper with the Ghostwriter, you know what the fuck happened?" Right. <laughs> like, so I think that you you saying that oh he was setting this up, it was a setup. I don't. I uh -huh. think that's reading into it too much. There, I, I don't think necessarily like having lines in your song aimed at Drake is a setup for Drake to like take the bait. Okay. But and see that that's my question though, and maybe because obviously, like for the record, everything we're saying these are our opinions right here, right? Like, right, you know, right. It's you know they might be facts, like you know, like we at least think that that's what happened based on the but evidence. But it's largely speculation. Have, it yeah. is a largely speculation here, and so like my question is like if Pusha T was dissing Drake like this whole time, why a full on diss track now and not before? And I think that had a lot to do with just this like disdain for what happened in Wyoming and him essentially feeling like that good music was sabotaging his like rollout and trying to steal his summer, if you know what I mean. Um, which I, I think is Pusha not also had a lot of pent up anger from like on that subject. I think Pusha had a lot of feelings about Wyoming that were kind of pints for him. Like, cause you know, having Drake come out there who is he's kind of beefed with for right. a long time he's had a lot right. of issues with drake in the past pusha himself right. um like a, lo a lot of less friendly uh, hostilities than kanye yeah. and drake have had so i think I guess, that having drake there kind of put pushes tensions up a little bit that's a which could have inspired him to write the song i, I think mm -hmm. my opinion is 
that I, I'm kind of assuming the Ockram razor is like take the simplest possible conclusion, which oh. to me would just be he's just feeling stepped on by having Drake there when he's also mm-hmm. there. And so the kind of those feelings surface in his music, right? So I, I guess the big bigger question here is, was it really Kanye? The, was Kanye really the one who revealed to Pusha that Drake has a son? <laughs> because I think it, it it's the only thing that makes sense, I don't think right? so. Well, well, no, because Pusha Pusha's gone on a record. He Pusha was on um, the Joe Budden Joe Budden podcast, podcast, right? And he said that it was like Drake's friend and producer Noah Forty, who why, one of his see, girlfriends that told that? him. But why would he do that? You know well, it I mean? wasn't it wasn't Forty directly who said that. It was apparently like he had like a, a girlfriend or someone who he was sleeping with in Wyoming, and they kind of like leaked information right. to and, Pusha because no, she was know, kind of mad at Forty. And I heard about that as well, but it's just it just goes back to this point, like Drake and Forty know each other since before Drake like even had his like first mixtape, right? Like he he is like the first engineer that Forty is right. the first engineer Drake has ever worked with and continues to work with him today, right? They, mm-hmm. like, he goes back, he was working with Forty back when Drake still played Jimmy Brooks on Degrassi, right? Right. And, like as a like Canadian child actor, right? So it just doesn't make sense to me that. 40 of all people would like just reveal it to like this one like girl and then this one girl would happen to reveal it to push a t the dots just don't connect there for me and even sure, if 40, okay. 40 did just tell someone he, he was with at the time how why is it that that person knows push a t and would go and say that stuff to well, it's because they're they're all in wyoming right they're all in that small space like kanye's like retreat they're all there they're all right. collaborating very closely is my understanding i could be understanding that wrong but, but my understanding think, like, was just the proximity I don't think that the girl 40 was with was in wyoming you know what i mean i don't think she was there at the time right um so, which, so i can like, i guess that makes more sense yeah right like, i i just but i don't know man like I just go off of, I try to read the body language when I see these interviews, right? Because there's okay. an interview, I think it was Hot 97 or something, where they asked Kanye, like, did you tell Pusha that Drake had a son? And he hesitates, he pauses, and he, like, looks around the room. And there's that body language that's, like, classic of someone who's, like, knows something that somebody else doesn't or is about to say something that's not the truth. And then he he gave, like, a really defensive answer. He was like... Why, why does everyone keep thinking that? And he gave like this answer and it sounded really suspect. So it's just like the fact that Pusha's album was releasing right around the same time as all the others, and they were probably working in close proximity. I think it was Kanye who told Pusha because Drake didn't really tell anyone other than Kanye, right? Like it's unlikely that the word got out any other way, you know? And that's definitely what Drake believes here. like. Even if it okay. was 40, yeah. I don't think Drake believes that it was 40 who told, you know, Pusha, like this girl who told Pusha T, who told Kanye, like, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but also, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that that's just a, like, if you're a Kanye fan, you're going to believe Kanye yes. camp. And if you're a Drake right. fan, you're going to believe Drake camp. Right? right. But I mean, maybe right. that's the problem with the beef is this is like the central thing that matters. Right. Is like who right. actually told this information to Pusha, right. like right. who leaked this right right but even if you put that aside i don't know man i think drake still certainly stokes hostilities right he kind of that yeah i'm not i'm not arguing against that he definitely does you know like that's you know i I think that's a that's a fact right there but let's jump to story of adidon because that was the diss track that pusha t released after 
Drake released Duppy Freestyle. And, you know, this kind of, this was a really intense diss track, right? And yeah. people who study like rap battles, like as a hobby and like rap historians, like they'll have different opinions on this of whether or not Pusha T was out of line with some of the things that he said or not. Um, his justification was essentially that, okay, like I am a battle rapper, right? Like this is how I like, you know, like this is who I am, like, you know, I'm a battle rapper, right? That's who he is. And so by his point of view, because Drake name dropped his fiance Virginia Williams, yeah. that was like the one thing that said, okay, put according to Pusha T rule, Pusha T's rules, everything's off the table now. Like I get to say what I want, I can bring in who I want, I get to do what I want. And he right. essentially took a jab at pretty much everyone close to Drake. He name dropped his father, name dropped his mother name dropped the mother of his child yeah. revealed that he had a child called him a deadbeat um and dropped out of 42 the blue, yeah i think he had a line about 40 40 in there who has an illness known as ms multiple sclerosis which you know can be pretty habilitating for a lot of people right. especially in, in older age and kind of made a play on that and attacked him as well like his like making fun of his friend who has a chronic illness right and you know, in, in from Drake's point of view in his rule book, he like Pusha T crossed the line. Like if you lost Drake, he'll say, okay, Pusha T crossed the line. And really if Drake's back was against the wall. Like now it's like, okay, he has a kid now out there that he previously tried to shut down the rumors of because rumors of it did pop up in 2017. Right. And Drake and his camp kind of shut that down. And they said, no, like this person's lying. Like it's not true. Like everything you're hearing is fake. But then this releases a year later and it's like, oh my gosh, like it's true. Like he lied to us. So it made Drake look like the bad guy. Uh, like, and he definitely lost that beef. Like, I'm not saying like Drake won the push a T beef because I, I'd be playing myself. Like right. he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't win the beef, you know, he lost. And here's where it gets interesting because Drake actually had a response ready. He had right. recorded it. He wrote up a response. He had it ready, but here's where some other people got involved. So Jazz Prince and Jay Prince, which, you know, father and son, Jay Prince is the father of Jazz mm -hmm. Prince. And Jazz Prince is actually the guy who discovered Drake back when he was still unknown. He kind of found his music on like YouTube, I believe it was like early mixtapes, like comeback season. And he showed it to Lil Wayne and said like, you gotta listen to this guy. And Lil Wayne listened to it. And he was like, all right, bring this guy on tour. And then that was kind of where Drake's career got kickstarted. So Jazz Prince, and Jay Prince, they're both involved in like rap a lot records. So they're like record right. moguls. Um, and they have really good relations with Drake. And so Jay Prince, who's the father of Jazz Prince and the CEO of rap a lot, he essentially called Drake and said, all right, don't release this song because like he knew what Drake was about to like say about both Kanye and Pusha. And from what rumors speculate is it would have been career ending. That's all I know is it would have been career ending for Kanye West. Like who knows what Drake was about to reveal. Some people speculate it had something to do with like Drake and Kim Kardashian. Right. You know, that, yeah, that not, whole thing who too. was Kanye's wife at the time. I don't know what other insider info Drake had on Pusha T. Like we'll never know, but Jay Prince, he's like another mentor figure to Drake. And he called him up and said like, whatever you do, just don't release this. It's out of character. Like you don't want to be remembered for this two years down the line. Like this, like Pusha T crossed the line, may or may not have crossed the line. 
the best thing to do here is just like to take this one, like just take this out and just let it slide, focus on your album, focus on bettering up yourself rather than making this one of the things you're known for. And even Drake himself said it would have been out of character to release this. And so that's, it's a really, it's a disappointing end to the beef from the perspective of like fans. It's like, okay, we wanted to hear what Drake had to say, but really what ended up happening is someone stepped in and said, all right, that's enough, cut it out. That's really- right. Sure, because like at this point, like definitely, I think Pusha T's response was like, from my perspective, out of line, like for sure. Like mm-hmm. I, I think there's a difference between like name checking someone and kind of like a playful, right. more serious way, and then also like there's a big difference between that and then making fun of someone with an illness and like making fun of like these very serious things, it right? About the health of people, really, or right? It got as personal as it gets, right? as it can get, right? So yeah, I, I think it, it, sure. Yeah. I think you could say that Pusha T was definitely out of line. Mm-hmm. Um, on that subject, though, like Drake having a response, maybe it would have been like I, I guess I can see now. Like the only way you can come back from something like that, right? Yeah. The only way you could come back from being like having your family members like your your like closest friend and producer like you gotta go for the attack you have to you go ha- for the you have to you can't hold anything back exactly i don't know if it's out of character like drake is definitely beef with a lot of rappers though but maybe not that personal so i, I could right. see that being said that that's out of character i think there was this right. like, notion of goodness in him that like if there's anyone who I, whose career i can't destroy like i can't destroy kanye's career as much as i like hate this guy right now i can't do that you know what i mean on the one hand yes on the other hand is this just like a clever way for him to kind of step out of the beat he's like okay like did he really have something you know did he really have something that would have ended kanye's career yeah or was he just kind of gracefully stepping out using this as like oh my mom said i can't go play right right Right. (laughs) yeah so regardless i think it was a it was a smart decision from drake i I agree Mm -hmm. because i think that either way it was not going to end well for him and it ended better for him to just kind of step right. back than having this kind of label of it like whoa like okay mm-hmm. this guy goes way out of line mm-hmm. right but then that's really where like things kind of took a turn right because yeah the beef ended with that it's and that was kind of the end of the drake like where Pusha t's role was kind of involved in right this but the feud with kanye just got like the basically like he, he, fuel was added to the flames basically because right. from there on it's like it, it still hasn't ended to this day because drake at that point like scorpion was about i want to say like 60 to 70 percent done according to what he said he retooled a lot of the album like he wrote brand new songs he said non-stop like eight out of ten some of those songs he wrote after the beef which is only like a month before the album releases so it was Mm. like he retold a lot of it and the entire like first half of the album every single song has subliminals all over the place toward kanye west right like eight out of ten is like a whole like song just aimed at kanye west right Right. there um and some shot like some subliminal jabs still at pusha in there as well but mostly at kanye west essentially using these like cryptic lyrics to express his feelings about the whole Wyoming situation then what transpired after that um and oh another thing that I completely forgot to even bring up because we got so into like the Drake and Pusha stuff uh with Lift Yourself remember I said Kanye gave Drake Lift Yourself we all know what happened with that Kanye released the track out of nowhere after giving it to Drake and 
the the end of the song he was just saying like utter nonsense like all that poopity like, scoop yeah exactly like everyone was confused like you know and people who don't keep up with like hip-hop and r&b they, they just thought it was just kanye just being weird or like trying to be funny but in reality it was like a sabotage player right there and i think if you remember wasn't the artwork for the song also like a text message i can't remember if it was the text message from it was a text message. i think it was the but it might have been a different text message it's than possible. like was it the one from yeah. oh it was a text message of the sample right of, the of like sample, the of the right? or like the wave file whichever which one which is why drake said okay this dude's clowning me right now like he's actually like 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 messing with us you know what i mean because it's like all right you just gave this beat to this guy and then you just waste it <laughs> by putting out utter nonsense on the beat but yeah i just wanted to touch on that real quick because i forgot to bring it up but um Back to what I was saying with like Scorpion, there were a lot of subliminals on it. And from there, it became very strategic for Drake, right? Because after Scorpion, it's like, okay, he revealed himself to the public on a couple of songs, like March 14th. Like he's like, yeah, like I do indeed like have a son like with this person. Right. And like, you know, I was planning on revealing it, but you know, obviously things didn't go as planned. Um, and that was kind of that like Scorpion release, like it did super well, you know, still had a bunch of number one hits in my feelings you know one of the songs right. of the summer there still it didn't th so the beef didn't really affect drake right he still had a great run but then it really gets interesting and i think super interesting when we get to sicko mode on astroworld here and like, oh. towards the end of the summer because what's really fascinating to me is one of the most iconic things about that track is that drake submitted his verse the day astroworld released so like literally about like eight to ten hours before the album dropped is when mike dean who is travis's engineer and one of his producers like got the verse from drake mm -hmm. with sicko mode so travis didn't have time to digest it like he didn't really have time to like listen to it and see like okay what is drake actually saying because it was like a hype track you know like people most people listen to sicko mode just because it has like a nice beat it's catchy right like, kind of it's like a like a lit kind of song you know what i mean and yeah it's sicko mode it's sicko mode exactly so kanye heard uh, not kanye travis heard it and he was super excited and you know him and mike dean got it mixed and then put on the album like as quick as possible and travis and kanye have a really good relationship right like you know they like they're good friends and they're on very very good terms so but when you actually listen to sicko mode like it's so obvious in drake's verse yeah <laughs> like the things that he's saying are like directed at Kanye, like even relating to the fact that Drake might have like went to Kanye's house at some point, like that one line where he said like crept down the block, made her right, and you know because of the internet and people are crazy, they look up on Google Maps and find where Drake's house is in Calabasas, and they look up where Kanye's is, and they're like, oh, if you look at the map, like it's actually one block down, and then he's taking a right, and if there's anyone who would be that clever in a track to do that, it would be Drake. So. It makes you think right you know is that part in there and then from the checks over stripes and like lost my respect and lines yeah yeah <laughs> it's obvious that this stuff it is definitely there. aimed at yeah i think kanye even said something about it he was like why he would you like happy. this yeah he was not he happy was not at happy. all yeah and he was not happy because it was like a masterful move by drake like let me submit a verse like on uh to an album 
and this guy is like one of your people like y'all are in on such good terms with him let me submit a verse to put on his album that takes jabs at you and i'm gonna send it at the last minute so that no one has any idea what's happening here until the album is commercially out and everybody's heard it right yeah sure that, that, that definitely is cleverly calculated like mm -hmm. drake has released a lot of lines that are very calculated i'll give him yes. that yes Yes. And which is, which is where I feel like a lot of like, you know, people saying like, he's not a real rapper kind of like is very off putting there because he's still very, like very artful in like some of the lyrics that he puts out and the way that he does them, you know, maybe not so much in the artistic quality of the lyrics, but just right. like in how calculated the things he says are and the way he says them to where it leaves them open to such like grand interpretation. Like, is this what he meant or is this what he meant? Right is what really is very appealing like for Drake, like as a rap artist. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I, I want to take it like a step back and maybe provide like another angle that maybe we haven't thought about sure. on this. Cause I was like, yep. and doing research for this topic, right? I was looking at yeah. some of Drake's various beefs cause he's had like quite a few like lines at rappers, right? Right, right. Um, and one line he has at, at Kid Cudi actually, mm -hmm. like oh, yeah. with the rehab was, oh, yeah. you were the man Super on the moon. Tuber now you just go through right? phases. Yeah, life of the angry and famous. So that's basically taking a shot at his mental health when he's yeah. like confessed to having mental health problems. Yeah. That's a really questionable line to me. It is. But that just it kind is. of got me thinking, right? Mm -hmm. So around this time, yay, Kanye kind of like announced to the world that he was bipolar, right? He had bipolar right. syndrome. Right, right. So is that is that maybe like another lens to look at this beef? Did this maybe start as an like an outcome of Kanye's like mental health that maybe he did mm -hmm. some very out of character things like release that track or yeah. so maybe this is a completely different angle because we're kind right. of already at the present day. So maybe right. if we look at this through a little different lens. Right. You know, I 100% I agree with you. And it is something I've thought about, like, too. And actually, I was going to bring it up later on, if like, but I guess you got to it before me. Right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so it is very interesting because it's pretty clear that Kanye in like the past three years has just been off. Like, you know, he hasn't been he's been very a very different person. And a lot of that does like that should certainly have to do with like mental health. Right. Um, he stopped cussing in his music, you know, he's very like religious and like all of this stuff now, which might be like as a means to like, in a way for him to like cope a little bit, you know, maybe you like trying to look for like another outlet to help him. Right. Um, you know, and, and just, yeah, he had, and his Twitter rants, especially like, and this is kind of involved in what we're going on. He had a huge Twitter rant at like about mm -hmm. sickle mode, right? Which is like, you know, people who are like in a good, you know, state, you know, normally don't do things like that, you know, they'll try to like, you know, talk things out like more in private, especially when you're that big of a celebrity. So I think you're definitely on point with that. I think his like being bipolar and like his mental health might have like caused him to do these things that he may not have done if he had like more control, right? Yeah, so I, so I definitely think that that's another like important discussion to have here is right. kind of like um what what do you do about that right like right. how do how do we like help artists and people struggle with mental illness like it's very a real mm -hmm. issue so definitely like please seek help if yeah if you have they, issues they like this a ton of right pressure. There, there's so much pressure when it comes to being an artist you know like it's right. not you know obviously there's fame and money but you know that's that's only we only see the good side of things usually right right so you know they're, they're, there's a lot going on in their heads that like a lot of us can't even begin to relate to so 
Yeah, right. you're definitely on point with that. So I, um, I guess that kind of does bring us to the present day, right? Like sicko mode happens and now Kanye is kind of in this completely different, like he releases some Twitter rants and now he's in this different right. space of he's producing very like right. gospel music. And maybe, you know, maybe he started doing that at, because he felt regretful for how like everything went down. You know what I mean? Maybe, like, yeah. Maybe, maybe that was, maybe he felt like he made a lot of bad decisions and that caused him to like seek God or something. Like, maybe that was his way to... You know kind of obviously it was a big like shift for kanye like i, I feel right. like he's definitely searching for something you know yeah oh yeah yeah so but and you know the subliminals have not stopped you know with wants and needs just released like a month ago oh. <laughs> again Drake. another another drop you know it was something like um something about like like uh con hitler said like I should go link with Jesus. I need me some Jesus. Or, uh, and then like, as soon as I started confessing my sins, they wouldn't believe us, something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, that was the line. So yeah. So yeah, I mean, again, so it seems like Drake's still taking some, things. yeah, he's yeah. still taking some subliminal shots there. And um, it'll continue. It's not going to, it'll end. continue. Yeah. yeah I think it is continue. in Drake's nature. I think Drake yep. just, the, his rapping style, he just likes to write a lot of bars, name dropping other artists. Right. So maybe rapping to like a, complete overview does that mean like is drake do you think drake is like actively inviting beefs like instead of other or you think it's a little bit of both like drake is actively inviting beefs with the lines he's releasing like targeting artists and other people are actively targeting him right what do you think necessarily invites like whole beefs but i think he does enjoy like that little cat and mouse game like you know like oh i'm gonna drop like a, a subliminal let's see if this person notices it let's see if they respond it's kind of like he like it's kind of like testing people you know what i mean in a way and i remember he even he had like a subliminal at jay-z once i think even and they're they're still on good terms like jay-z is like one of his idols as well like you know they mm -hmm. they just had that song on scorpion um and he was like one of the only features on the like first half of the album and uh, i just remember there was one song where jay-z did actually kind of snap back like he with a similar subliminal at drake like it was something about like um how he has like more hits or Grammys or something like that um, than Drake. So um, yeah, I, I do agree with you in that he definitely says certain things like and tries to like incite a response like either as a bar because even Joe Budden, right? We had that whole Joe Budden right. beef, <laughs> which was pretty funny to be honest. Um, but yeah, I just, I think like you said, it's just in Drake's nature that he will name check artists and kind of drop subliminals both on his songs and like subtly on songs he's featured on to try to elicit a response. And he right. may or may not, he may or may not intend for them to like turn into whole beefs, but I also feel like if it does turn into a beef, I feel like he's ready. Like he doesn't just do th these things like out of nowhere to get caught off guard. Like I feel like he's prepared if he does have to deal with something. Yeah. Okay. That yeah, that's an interesting take for sure. Like I definitely think it, like he says in his nature. Mm -hmm. Is he always prepared? Does he? Is he like Batman? Is he like the Batman of of rap? Does he have like a back <laughs> well, catalog of this is for everyone? Prepared for the push one. We saw that <laughs> he really true. that was miscalculated, but he was prepared for Meek Mill, you know. Yeah. You know? So interesting interesting questions about drake and his writing style and but i think yeah. like this kind of wraps back to what you're talking about like the very like towards the beginning of the episode like there's a difference between like beef and like a healthy level of competition of like right. artists pushing each other to right. like write better bars to like be better in their music 
Uh-huh. So I think that maybe that this like beef like kind of invites more space for artists to kind of find a healthier outlet, right? Mm, like yeah. Pusha T going at Drake's like really personal things. Was that yeah. the healthiest outlet for, for this beef? Definitely yeah. not, right? Like right. I, I would hope to see more Meek Mill Drake resolutions, right? Where the artist beef, but these are about very real issues like Drake having a ghostwriter yeah. and, and, same and with that kind Chris of leads Brown, to being actually. better. Because Drake yeah. and Chris Brown had a lot of feud. It wasn't through like beef. And again, because Chris Brown, like he's not a rapper. He's more of a pop artist, right? So it's right. like they weren't going to have a rap beef, right? Like it, for them, it was more like in person, like when they saw each other in person. I think they saw right. each other at like a club or something and things got a little scuffy between his bodyguards and like Chris Brown's bodyguards. But um, they squashed that. They mended things. And another one, and there's a lot, another one like The Weeknd, you know, they have, Drake and The Weeknd have not been on the best terms over the years. Like it's been another mm-hmm. on and off relationship. And I think, you know, Drake has always been in this, like he wants to kind of mend things and he's, you know, portraying things in the way that like, you know, like he's kind of mended things with Abel, but you know, we like, we'll never know whether like that's actually the case or not. But right. yeah, I, I feel like, Maybe at some point in the future, they will kind of mend things. It's one of those things that just might take some time to like for things to heal. But um, I I see what you're saying, right? Like maybe this, I think completely just a lot of things went out of line, maybe on both on both sides here. So, yeah. So I guess like on that thought, do you think that this will ever be mended? Do you think we'll ever see Kanye and Drake on good terms again? Between between Drake and Pusha, no, because no, yeah, Drake gone, and Pusha, no he's way. Gone, he's <laughs> gone on the record multiple times. Like he doesn't even say his name anymore. Like in an interview, he had like a three-hour interview at his mansion like a couple of years ago, and he he even said like I have no intentions of ever making things up with that person. Like he doesn't even say his name anymore. Like, right. Just, like like I can understand that completely. <laughs> yeah, like he, he with, kind with, of went at everything. But Drake do you think Kanye, Kanye? You think it's an option with yeah. I, I would say it's a possibility, but it would take a lot. I think it would take right. a lot just because of the the level of like how things went down and like what was at stake and you know, how it led to kind of Pusha getting involved, which is one mm-hmm. that's not mendable at all. It's like, okay, like I'm not going to make, make up with that dude. Like, why should I also, why should I, like, I should, why should I treat things differently for the person who led to that happening? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I kind of understand that. I think on, on Kanye's end, though, I think there's definitely, like, with his most recent, like, shift in direction and, like, yeah. his mentality, I think he's definitely kind of, like, has opened up for forgiveness and, like, amending things. So I think on Kanye's end, it's definitely possible. On Drake's end, I think we've seen in the past with some of the other beasts, like, he can definitely squash them if you don't cross the line. Right. So I have hope. I have hope that they'll, like, squash yeah. the beef. But I, I don't think that Drake will ever trust Kanye on the same level again and vice oh, yeah, versa. Like, not. I don't think yeah. that they'll ever the be at the level broken. they were in the 2010. Yep. Yeah. So I guess we can leave it at that then, like, to be determined. Still on To be determined. Knows, on the men, question mark. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's what he said on that title track on Scary Hours too. We'll see what's about to happen next. <laughs> Sums up okay. a lot. <laughs> okay, bro. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. Well, to everyone who listened this far, thanks so much for listening. Definitely, you'll want to tune in next week for our first artist spotlight. Um, definitely, Deep dive, yes, sir. Going to be the first of many. I think those might easily end up being some of our best episodes. So, 
stay tuned next week. And as always, thanks for listening and hope you all have a great rest of the day.